1: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast.
0: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Chris Kapilovic, the offensive line coach at Baylor, joins us with Paul Craig and David Smoke. Glad you're with us, Coach. Thanks for your time. So we had Coach Spavitol, Jared Anderson on, and this is the week that you guys finally had a chance to even meet your players. What has that been like for you in the offensive line room?
2: Well, appreciate you having me, and it was uh, great to be able to be in the room with those guys and out on the field a little bit. And you know, I, I could just see they're, they're they're eager to work and get better, and that was good to see. So I, I like the I like the energy in the room and the offensive side. I think the kids are ready to buy into to doing new things, different ways, and, and they're fired up to do it.
1: Coach, you're taking over a position group that that had a rough season last year. They weren't very cohesive for a lot of the time, and and had their issues. Um, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with the way to put it, but like, do you feel like you're kind of starting on the ground floor, rebuilding an offensive line, or is it is it uh, is it maybe not that that bleak?
2: Well, it's probably not fair for me to give a true evaluation until we get on the field and get going in spring ball. I did watch some tape. You know, there were some young players that had to play before they were probably ready. So those reps will be valuable in the future. Um, they had to move some guys. It looked like they moved some guys around, played two, three different positions. trying to get some cohesiveness there. And I do see some talented guys. There's some guys in there. We got some tackles with some length. Uh, we felt like we needed to get bigger inside, and we were able to do that through the portal with a couple of uh, guards. So I feel like there's, there's obviously – some guys to work with here, but I, I probably can't give you a true evaluation until we get out there and get going.
1: Coach, so with being able to start getting together uh, beginning this week, what are you guys, for, for those who don't know, they're out, allowed to do and how are you using that time uh, to teach or, or to do whatever it is that you're looking to get accomplished during this time period?
2: Well, it, it's a very short window and there's a ton to go over. You know, when you're starting new coach, new system, new offense, there's a lot to go over, so it's like drinking water through a fire hose. We're trying to give them as much information as possible, but not to overwhelm them, and they have to have patience. And obviously, once we get off the road recruiting, we're there every day. You know, we'll be able to spend a little more time with them. They'll be able to come see us. So, you know, you really get about 30 minutes of meeting time, and, and that's twice a week, and then you get about 30 minutes on the field, and it's not full speed, it's not contact, but you get to at least kind of move around, take some steps, and start understanding what we're trying to accomplish. So, Chris,
0: what's the difference as far as – there's a huge difference, the wide zone compared to what Coach Spavital's going to run. And as you're a part of it, too, and we had Jared Anderson, as I mentioned yesterday, is that a culture shock or is that most of these young men have probably played at some point in a spread offense in high school or somewhere?
2: Yeah, I think most of these uh, kids have probably played or played some form of fashion of what we're doing. It, it's really not – the biggest difference is we're, we're more of a tight zone uh, duo world where things are going to be more vertical from the running back and we need to get vertical movement with the D-line as opposed to stretching it sideline to sideline. And that's the biggest difference. So there's some pluses and minuses there, obviously, depending on who you are as a player, your size, your strength. But we will also do some other things that, that you know, running some gap schemes and some things like that that most of these players have done some parts of it. So... Some people hear air raid or, or spread offense and think you're just going to throw it 60 times a game and that's not what we want to be. We do want to have a physical running game and be able to throw off of it.
0: Chris Kapilovic is with us, Baylor offensive line coach with us on 365 Sports. Did you have any a previous history with with
1: Dave Aranda at all outside of uh, you know of this of this now marriage with you coming in here or uh, was it just maybe, you know, shifts passing in the night?
2: Yeah, I have never met Dave until now. Hmm. Uh, I've had some people that have worked with him that I'm very close to. So knew of him, knew about him. Obviously, you know, you're aware of when he became one of the national championship as a defensive coordinator. And, and then again, when, uh, you know, obviously they had the great year in 21. So, but me and him had never had a conversation before I, I came up here and talked to him about the job.
1: Coach, how do you go about building relationships? What are kind of your your starting points, and how much more difficult has just the general, I guess, atmosphere of college football, college athletics the last few years, how, how has that changed that to any degree for better or worse?
2: Well, it's definitely more transitional, right? You, you, you've you got guys coming and going um, at a quicker pace. You know, the old line room will probably be the – I don't know the words I want to use. It's the last room to just kind of probably go crazy with this. You know, a lot of those kids, you know, when I was at Michigan State, I didn't have hardly any of them leave, and, and we just brought in a couple portal guys on our time there. And then, you know, I still want to recruit high school kids and develop them, and then the portal will be just to fill in the gaps, which we're trying to do right now. So, But it, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still about relationships, still about You know, me earning the players' respect and and the players earning my respect, and it's about the work. And I think like anything else, when the kids know that, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about, and he does care about us, he has our back, then they're going to let me push them as, as hard as I need to to get where we need to go.
0: You could have a bunch of wide receivers in the game at once. You could have even some teams have five down linemen on defense, cornerbacks, nickel, dime, whatever you do when it comes to the defensive backs. But is this the position that you coach that is absolutely must be like a completely cohesive unit for everything else to work?
2: No question. You, you, you got to have five guys working together to have success. Uh, you know, you could have 10 guys on offense going in the right direction. And if one of the linemen isn't, then you're probably not going to have a positive play. So uh, the, the cohesiveness, uh, you know the the closeness, even the brotherhood that you you kind of develop off the field, and guys getting used to working with each other and knowing what the other guys thinking. But you have to have five guys understanding and going the right direction and have any success on offense.
1: You mentioned earlier, you know, guys maybe playing out of position and changing that. It, it, you know, part of, is that part of that going like, listen, I know that everybody's always told you you're a guard, but you're a tackle. I know that everybody told you a tackle, you're a guard. How difficult is that to navigate when you're when you are building an offensive line?
2: Sure, there, there's a lot to that, it, and you know that it, it's obviously if you move a guy from guard to tackle or tackle to guard and they haven't done it before, then they're going to be uncomfortable, you know, and they're gonna it's going to take some time for them to buy into it. And then it, it's also as we talk about it, you don't really know, you know, until we get out there and we're practicing and and getting out there in spring, where where will this guy be able to help us best? You kind of have an idea. You know, you want them to learn the base offense. You always want guys to be able to play multiple positions because that's important. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. So it's a little bit about just trying to get a feel for what I saw on film and their body structures, and then you have to make changes as you go along.
0: Chris, uh, Coach Kapilovic, you were at the uh, game in Orlando when Baylor did not have a quarterback. (laughs) Um, And Johnny Jefferson went off with nearly 300 yards What was that experience like? You guys were really, really good with Coach Fedora, and obviously they were trying to figure it out and and had just had their quarterback room destroyed with injuries.
2: Yes, I I see reminders of that throughout the building, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) You know, I I guess – I guess, thankfully, I wasn't on the defensive staff. Yeah. No, no absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. I, I thought it would be a little bit easier.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't have brought
0: it up so if we, you were the D-line coach, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, we we were able to move the ball and score some points on offense, but yeah, our, our defense really struggled. I, I I guess, you know, I don't know if they got caught by surprise or they just weren't really sure what to expect, and it basically was just them running basically a formal Wildcat offense mm-hmm. against us, and, and once they got in a rhythm, it was, it was hard for them to stop them, so uh, yeah, I have memories of that. They'll be with me for a long time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, now it was funny there is, is I think if you look at the old line coaches in that game, we, we kind of switched places, right? The old yeah. line coach there was a sailor, now mm-hmm. North Carolina, and now I'm here. So it's a small world, funny how it works.
0: So, what is a, a, a more intense or good emotion or the, the spectrum? taking the opposing defensive's will with the offensive line, hammering them and wearing them down or the frustration of a false start when you have a nice drive going.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a tough question right there. Uh, You know, there's nothing better than the O-line taking over and and you can see the D-line tapping those hats and really wanting to get out of it. So um, you're, you're opposite ends of the spectrum. That's, that's the highest point as an O-line coach. And then the lowest point is when we make a, a dumb pre-snap penalty. Um, you know, that, that stuff, cause you feel like it's the coach that's you out there, right? It's not me pointing at that guy. It's, it's part of us. So, um, you know, they're, they're trying to make some adjustments with these teams that will spark out, you know, uh, verbal commands and stem real quick. And they haven't quite come, a, come away from it yet, but I'm hoping that'll happen at some point. But yeah, it, it is. A uh, drive killer with a false start stuff this to swallow.
1: Okay, why, why does it seem, and look, false start is a five-yard penalty. Holding is a ten-yard penalty. It seems to me to be easier, even though you have more yardage to gain back, after a holding penalty than a false start. Is it just the mental aspect of kicking yourself after a false start as we're holding? Sometimes you're just doing it to make sure your quarterback doesn't get
2: leveled. That's, that's a good point. I haven't heard it that way before. And I think that, yeah, I think, like I said, pre-sap penalties are, are just, you know, you feel like you really failed as a player, you know, because there's no excuse for it, obviously. And then sometimes holding part of the game. We call that an aggressive penalty. You know, sometimes uh, maybe you have to do it to save your quarterback. Sometimes it's, you know, it's really just a good block, and, and you dominate them so well that the refs see it as a hold. So, you know, aggressive penalties you can live with, as long as there's not too many. But the pre-staff penalties, those are the ones that you, you, you can't you can't have.
0: Coach, I saw in your Twitter feed, and I know you got to go, we do appreciate a lot of uh, the time we have now and also in the future. You have hashtag juice squad. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> well, it's a good question. You know, I know when I get some of the dads that were around the 80s and 90s, they may think of it a different version of juice squad than what I'm talking about. But, you know, basically as an old line, <laughs> We have, you know, everybody knows, anybody that knows football, you're as good as your O-line. The O-line has got to be the engine of the team. And our thing is about the juice squad is bringing the juice every day and it's having the energy, the focus, and that's in the classroom, that's in the meeting room, that's on the field. So we should be the leaders of everything we do on the team and in the weight room. So, you know, juice, energy, that's what juice squad's about. You know, nobody really – Ever points out good things for the O line, right? If there's a run for 50 yards and nobody touched the running back, it's a great run, right? Oh, yeah. He gets hit in the backfield. He gets hit in the backfield. The O line's terrible. And so, or the only time that O line's number gets called is when there's a penalty. So, you know, my guys, they'll have they hoodies, uh, hat. We even had a juice squad chain that the, the O lineman of the week got to wear. And, and at the end of the year, he gets to keep it. So I, I, I think it's important for me to promote my guys and for us to kind of have, you know, What's our brand, our mantra, and, and that's where that juice squad comes from.
0: Last thing, Chris, thank you for your time again, is that uh, I've watched some of your press conferences, whether you're at Michigan State or elsewhere. You seem to kind of have that that full throttle. I don't know if I was a old school, but it seems like you are full throttle. Are most offensive line coaches like that?
2: I, I've been known to be full throttle, yes. I, I have a lot of energy. Like, like I tell our guys, we're different off the field than we are between the white lines. And I feel like as a coach, I, I need to be the same way, you know, it's motivation and, and it's never personal. And I'm pushing my guys. My job is to make them better than you think they can be. Right. Um, I, I always give a funny analogy, but I said, sometimes, you know, if you look at cattle, they don't want to move. Right. So they have to use a cattle prod, right. Well, I can't legally use a cattle prod. So I have to be the cattle prod. So that's where that comes from. And, and you know, no, not all line coaches are that way. So, I think everybody's got to be who they are. The best online coaches are going to be within their personality and who they are because the kids, they're smart. They can tell if they're genuine or not, right? So I think that's an individual basis, and that's just who I am. Chris, thanks for your
0: time, Coach. Thanks for your time. We'll see you down the road, and good luck with these meetings going on right now and also moving into the rest of the uh, semester and eventually spring drills. Have a great day.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.